Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Podcast number 182. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around. Bang! Really not sure where you ended up, but spin around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Still in that uh, COVID quarantine, but ho- hopefully. Uh, we'll be out of it soon. So we're in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. Uh, we're, we call ourselves a spiritual oasis for men. We're, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And each of us are on our own spiritual journey. And we feel all men are leaders, leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged and one of the best ways to get that is to interact with like-minded people and it is hard to find that in this particular climate so we're glad that you tune in we do this weekly and uh, so whether you found us on facebook on soundcloud where we archive all of our podcasts Apple Podcasts, our website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com. We're so glad that you're joining us and that uh, we we pray that you get enriched from this. We we use a lot of different uh, publications and currently we are in the Connect 360. It's by Baptist Way Press. This particular one is is the Connect 360, Living in the Spirit. And what we do, if the, if you're new listening to our podcast, uh, we have a we have a panel of great guys. They're very diverse, though, and so uh, I'll introduce them not only by what they do, but maybe some of their interests. And so, as you're listening to the podcast, one of the guys may have a point of view that is more in tune with what you are, but it also may give some insight in some other people that you interact with as well. So it's a, it's a great podcast and we archive them all on SoundCloud. So you can go back and, and listen to all different ones and very different topics that we cover as well. And what we do is we essentially go through an ABF, which is Adult Bible Fellowship uh, or Sunday School lesson. And we do a basic overview first, and then we peel it like we, we read the scripture, and then we unpeel it like an onion. We kind of update it, and we put a man's spin on it. And that's kind of the man up difference here. And so at this point in time, I want to go ahead and... Uh, introduce the fellas uh on our panel today we have uh he's our producer he's a world-class policy writer uh and a bit of a professional gambler we have mr steve titch hey our director you and and he is a world-class trainer for a fortune no not 500 and fortune 100 company and we call him the professor, and that's Robert Koshu. He's on the panel today. All right, Robert. Hey, professor. Hey, Robert. And uh, <laughs> he's kind of like an amateur historian for us. Thanks a lot, yes. Uh, but he's also he's a trained attorney, works as a prosecutor, so he could defend you or throw the book at you. We call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. He's on with us as well. Hey, Mike. Mike. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and my name, my name is Bill Cox. I am basically a sales type, a uh, work as a contractor. Um, also, I, I, I guess I'm the, uh, the handicapped <laughs> person of the group. You know, lately, it's just been something else. So 
but I'm kind of the director of uh, of the circus, and uh, and it's great to be here. So, and with that, I want to start out and get some uh, overall uh, overview of this particular lesson, and want to start out with the judge. Uh, thank you. Hey, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Um, uh, folks, we are looking at uh, the, the lesson text today is going to be First Thessalonians one through two ten through two through ten, right, guys? Um, we adjust. We add a couple of verses to what our lesson is. Bill says we've been coming. We've been uh, looking at living in the spirit from the Connect three sixty series, and uh, I just want to set up a little introduction to this to the scriptures that we see here, and we're going to look at later. Uh, Paul is writing to uh, a letter to the Thessalonians. He's pretty excited. He's pretty forthright. And um, he just presents a very, very great few scriptures that are colorful and instructive to the Thessalonians. But I need to set that up a little bit because it sounds to me, when I read it, I get the feeling he's really excited. He's really happy. Thessalonica is a city in Macedonia. He founded the church in Macedonia. Macedonia over a very short period of time, like three weeks time, and he got run out of town. Now, since our entire book has been living in the spirit, I want to point out two amazing gifts that we probably will not see again or have an opportunity to present to you, and that the Holy Spirit provided to Paul, which are related to the founding of the church at Thessalonica. And it, you, you can, I call it gifts, but it may be just discernment, but I think it's very interesting, but it is a responsibility for that church. In Acts chapter 16 and 17, Paul has been preaching and teaching in Antioch, uh, specifically Acts 15 35. Paul decide, decides he wants to visit many other churches where he has been preaching. And at this time, Silas accompanies him and they meet and, and, and learn to know Timothy and Derby and Lystra. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy continue on the journey of encouraging the churches which Paul has spoken at before, and also seeing the churches grow in numbers and in their faith. You can see that in Acts 16.5. So Paul and his team turned toward Asia and Bithynia, okay? But the Holy Spirit stops them. He forbids them to go. And then next, then the Holy Spirit, through a vision, tells them to go to Macedonia. So Paul, Timothy, and Silas go to Macedonia, and they begin in the capital city of Thessalonica, which is, of course, today's letter, and that's the capital. The scripture tells us that he enters the synagogue to reason with the people attending. Now, you notice, folks, I don't know if we brought it before, Paul does not hold any punches. He goes right into the beehive. He goes right into the Jewish temple to start telling them about Christ. And at this point, no one there that he knows of or anybody that knows of it has heard the gospel. But in just three, three weeks' time, Paul wins some of the Jewish people to Christ and a lot of Gentiles. You find that in Acts 17, 1 through 4. However, some of the non-believers, the non-believer Jewish, I think it specifically states, are antagonistic to the gospel, and they run Paul out of town because they are jealous of his ministry. And this is in verse 5 of 17. Paul then goes to Berea, then he goes to Athens, and then he goes to Corinth. Now, he's Paul is run out of Berea, which is the second city he goes to, by the same Jews who he angered in Thessalonica. Those same Jews came to Berea when they learned he was preaching there as well. So Paul continues on to Athens, then he goes to Corinth, and at this point he has not heard anything about the first two churches, about Thessalonica and about uh, Berea. However, while he's in Corinth, Timothy and Silas catch up with him and tell him that the church in Thessalonica is growing and thriving. Hence, the excitement which we will see when Bill reads the, the text in this particular first part of the letter in this first chapter. All right, Bill? Excellent. Uh, <laughs> professor, so yeah, this is this is one of those normal great letters by Paul. We stay with Paul, and he goes into Thessalonica, and as Mike says, he founds a church, and now he's writing letters back to the people that he considered, and he really considered Thessalonica 
his children in the faith. This is one of the churches he founded, one of the churches he worked with. And so he's writing them and he's talking about the power of the gospel and the power they have to share the gospel as they go through. And he talks about that and he juxtaposes it with faith, love, and hope, which he calls kind of the triad and how he looks at it. And we've seen that reference many times in First Corinthians and other writings of Paul. And so he comes and he looks at that. And when you juxtapose all that, you actually get a really good view of how men should really live their lives and how they should look at it. And so I think we're going to have some fun kind of unpacking some of that as we look at it. Excellent. Uh, producer, Mr. Steve. <laughs> well, thanks for, for both guys, you guys setting this up. This is one of the churches that Paul appears to be quite happy with, uh, quite grateful for. Uh, it's also a church that's dealing with some persecution. Paul himself was was run out, as as Mike said. Uh, he, Paul got to spend a lot more time with with other churches he founded. Corinth, he was there for for months sometimes. Uh, but here, uh, he brings up the way things caught fire so quickly in yeah. Thessalonica uh, among believers. And he attributes this not only just to the people there hearing the word of God, hearing him preach, um, hearing the gospel, but he says the gospel was accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's that was the key ingredient. Uh, you can... You can read scripture all you want. You can uh, you can listen to pastors. You can watch CBN all day long. Uh, you may not, if you're not open to the Spirit, you're not going to get much out of it. Uh, so that's that's what's being set up here for for Paul and the, the Thess 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 can't say Thessalonians three times fast at seven o'clock at night. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so that's so, very good. You're in the nail on the head. So, uh, yes, the, the whole idea of the spirit working, uh, you know, alongside the word. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture for today's podcast. This is uh, first. Thessalonians uh, 1 through 10, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. When I, when I read that, of course, it came out the triad, faith love and hope. You know, a couple of things came to my mind. And I remember my dad being farmers. And of course, we, we seems like we spent a lot of time in the truck together, whether we were hauling grain or hauling pigs to the market or whatever. And uh, the thing about love, 
uh, he always felt that it was self-evident. And one basic thing that he would always bring up is the difference between a person who is buying something or is renting something. He'd go by a farm and he'd say, that's a rental. Then you'd go by another farm where you could see the effort a person put in. And he would say, that person owns it. That is, that is love. That's, that's more than duty. That's something that you love. They're going beyond that. And so that's kind of reminds me when I read this scripture, just, just some, some things that uh, came up in my mind. Yeah. The, uh, I, I like the um, reference. If you go back here, the, the author tells us basically he uses five references for evidence of the Holy spirit. And, and, and once again, this is very simple, but let's face it. The Holy spirit himself is invisible. We cannot see it. Right. But we can see his evidence. We can see works that he does or moves how he moves through people. And a good example, the author was using this. He was using an example in the, in the teacher's guide. He says it's like a hydroelectric plant. And of course, we, we mentioned this earlier, but I'll bring it back in just a moment. He said like a hydroelectric plant. You, you look at a tall dam and you may see water going over the spillway, but you have no idea and you cannot see the tremendous power that's going at the base of the dam and and turning the turbines and creating the energy and but you do see the evidence of that when you look at the cities where the electricity is going from that dam into those cities and it lights the city and he says the holy spirit's the same way you cannot see the move of the power that's provided by the holy spirit but you can see the evidence of it and, uh, and, and another thing we've talked about, guys, so much is wind energy, a wind in a, the sail of a boat. You cannot see the wind, but you can sure tell if your boat is moving, you're not moving. And of course, you can feel wind outside. And then and, and the Holy Spirit, we've talked about referring to the Holy Spirit as a wind or a wind in our sail as well. And then an, an, uh, another thing I think of is microwaves. Uh, we, you cannot see a microwave but you can sure see the evidence of it. And so what am, what am I getting at? I'm just getting at, once again, the, the, the Holy Spirit is invisible, but his evidence comes through us like you see us. And like Steve said, boy, if you don't have the Holy Spirit when you're presenting the gospel or you're pre presenting the preaching, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like rhetoric. It's going to fall to the ground. But when the Holy Spirit gets behind it, it's powerful. It's persuasive. And it will point people to God. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our first break. This is Man Up. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact ManUp at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 182. Uh, we're glad that you uh, joined us. We're uh, we're getting into this discussion of the triad of uh, faith, love, and hope, uh, the power of the gospel. And uh, I want to bring in uh, Mr. Koshu, the professor. Yeah, this is one of the things I always talk about. I talk about several things, but one of the things I always try to tell people and talk about is is when you start looking at it, first of all, I'm a big fan, as we've mentioned many times over, of multiple translations. So reading different translations of different scriptures to kind of get a really good concept of exactly what the scripture is saying, 
and kind of look at a different perspective. And one of the things we always do is we try to read the message. The second thing that I'll tell people is, is the best way to do it. I mean, I like to read lots of books. Um, I'm apt to pull out. I own a set of Matthew Henry's classic commentaries. I have a little commentary set called the Broadman Bible Commentary, which is written specifically for lay people. Broadman lay people's commentary, I think is what the name of the whole series is. I'm apt to pull that out. And then I started picking up as we did eventual book studies. Every time we've done a book study, I picked up um, a set from Tyndale on Tyndale's Old and New Testament commentaries. And I've kind of been picking those up as we do a book. And so a specific. Now I really so, feel so. inferior. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but that, that's because I like to read. So I'm sitting there and I'll do that. But the first thing I'll tell people is that's all fun and dandy and it's really cool. But the other thing to always do is always compare scripture with scripture. Part of the reason, part of the reason we always get in so much trouble in church and we cause ourselves so much trouble is we always look at scripture and we want to take our little piece and in our podcast, uh, 140, I think Steve, help me if I'm wrong in there. When we had Dr. Templeton on, on men's, on women's wives submit to your husbands. That's a classic example of a scripture that gets taken totally out of context and used. This yeah, one, but I like it. Yeah, I know. I That's like the problem, it. We like it, and we want to do something with it's, it. It's true. <laughs> You're right, it's Robert, a men's <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I did that, but but this is John. But this one actually cross references back to John and John chapter sixteen, verse thirteen. So just to kind of set this up, super super quick. This is the Last Supper. Jesus is telling his disciples what's going to happen. And John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what he is yet, what is yet to come. And so it's one of those, Jesus clearly tells us, hey, look, don't worry about it to an extent that, that, you know, it's okay if you, if you tend to be more like Bill, I'm going to pick on Bill, yeah. than Robert, who right. likes to read and study this stuff all the time, as long as you're following through and you're attuned to what the Spirit tells you. Now, there are things you have to do. We call that exercising your faith muscle. But as long as you're doing those things to exercise your faith muscle, so you're in tune to the Spirit and what's going on there, then you are set up because the Spirit has come. And like Mike said, it, it's kind of funny because it's not the thing that you can see, you know, physically, but it's something you can tell when it happens because you do have the things you have in this and, and you know, cross it. Think about it in James chapter two, where faith without works is dead. And so it's saying, you know, works are important. Yeah, sort of but it's really your faith and the works come out of the faith that you have. And I think that's a point that a lot of men miss on this is that it, it's not just about your work, but it is about your faith as you look at it. And the faith has to be the foundation for the works that you have so that you can keep moving forward with it. I think as far as men go, a lot of people take that, faith and works they think of it as i have to do something good as opposed with it changes the very nature of you and uh if if, for those of you that haven't been listening to the podcast uh very long um i'm probably more of an aggressive uh type of person than maybe the rest of the panel is and so for you men out there, uh, I have uh, something called the decisive minute. And, and I think this is an action that men of faith really need to think about. And it's, it's the moment when you are wrong, when you are disrespected and because it's easy to be successful and when things are going well you don't you don't really have many critical decisions because everything's going well just you know typically keep doing but when 
something or some kind of roadblock, something really hits you that throws you off of your game. When you're wrong, you're disrespected. That to me is a decisive moment. And the decision is this, you can do A, you can retaliate, or B, you can not respond, which maybe turns into forgiveness, okay? Those are really the only two basic choices that you have. Here's the difference in your life. You retaliate, you might feel satisfied and say, awesome, I got that person back. They had it coming to them. You might feel good for the rest of that minute, 30 seconds, 45 seconds or so. And then you realize, I shouldn't have done that. And that will eat at you. And that, that goes against what you've been working for, being a person of faith. <clears throat> However, you don't respond and then you maybe even forget about the person that cut you off and you almost wrecked your vehicle or whatever. And then you didn't respond and then you almost forget about it. So you might feel bad that you didn't respond for the 30 seconds, but then the rest of your life, you can continue on without having that regret uh, in your life. Don't but you made a good regret. decision. You feel good about yourself that you're living your you're living your life of faith. I mean, you're actually it's showing fruit what you've studied and what you've learned from guys like us, or in my case, what I've learned from you guys helping we, me on this walk of faith. It's given me a chance to live it out and the way I should be. And, and the difference is when you're a person of faith, it's not living that life as a sprint, reacting to every time you're wrong, but it's living life in totality, like it's a marathon and the love coming through you by not responding and reacting impulsively. And I think that is a man, a, a man interpretation of this particular lesson. You're, you're better than I am because I'll admit <laughs> there are things that I've let go, but it's taken me a lot more, a lot more than a minute to, to, to feel good about letting go. I mean, <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I really don't come to the conclusion that I did the right thing to maybe a couple of years after, but I, you know, I, I settle down and say, you know, if, if I'd done it any other way, it would have, would have ended badly. I, I did want to say back going back to what Robert and, and, and Mike were saying as well, you know, they, they, the author does talk about the five external evidences of mm -hmm. internal spiritual transformation. Good works is not on the list. That which which is interesting. I mean, there there there, what what he has on the list, um, and some of which we talked about is certainly certainly hope, faith, love is on the list, and the author says that's from it is from love come your good works, and almost to the point. Well, only he he does he he juxtaposes love versus duty, which you brought up in your opening, Bill. Uh, now the author, not 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 Paul here, the author of the, the the study, seems to see the two as mutually exclusive. You, there's there's things you do out of love, and there's things you do out of duty, and Christianity changes that. So things you once saw where you're that what your duty now become acts of love. And now now I I see where he's going with this. I think he oversimplifies it. I'd be one to say that when you make make when you make a love commitment you accept the duty and i see that as the responsibility that comes with it so uh 
yeah, and I mean, he makes he makes things he he makes things like doing the dishes, and of course, you know, you're 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 contributing to your household, but part of it is also realizing the difference, you know, difference between you know dating and marriage is that when you're dating, you're still not responsible for the health and welfare of that other person and of the relationship. So, you know, you can, heck, you can, you can, you know, stay out late, you can blow off work, it's only you. But suddenly, when you have a family, yeah, you're, you're loving and devoted to them, but it is your responsibility and duty to be conscientious about your own, your job, uh, between you know the things you do, the upkeep of your relationship, certainly that, and that that to me, you know, your your duty is a labor labor of love, as he says. There's not your labor of love is not different from your duty, and actually, you can enjoy labors of love. This podcast is a labor of love, uh, and and we all enjoy right. doing it. It's not a it's not a chore. Right. Fact, I look for. I'm, I'm sure we've all talked about how we look forward to it because basically, right. uh, you know, we get an hour, and I I come out energized. Um, there are there are there are things you know when if you have a little kid, you got to change the diapers. That's not the most pleasant thing to do, but you do it as part of your responsibility. You your your responsibility, your spouse. Uh, and many other many other things that are not really the most enjoyable tasks, but to me, yes, you do them out of love. I'm not denying that, but there's also uh, it's also responsibility and duty. I don't see the two as mutually as exclusive as as this author does. Well, he, and 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 Paul actually kind of breaks it down into three things that, when you think about it, can motivate men and use it works. Are produced by faith. The labor, and labor is not just laboring to do something, but the labor, which in in this instant actually includes the duty that you're talking about, Steve, is prompted by love and endurance. Because you know what, I'm going to tell you right now. I have to, having raised two boys, the first <laughs> six months of life of children are all about survival, because all kids are. From zero to six months, it's ESP, eat, sleep, poop, and yeah, that's all love. they do. It's like my brother-in-law put it: they're they're just a tube, <laughs> basically <laughs> in and out. <laughs> but but you know when you're getting up for the third time in the middle of the night, knowing you've got a big meeting tomorrow at work, there's endurance there. But that endurance is inspired by hope. At that point, you know when you're doing with a kid, it's the hope that, and this too shall pass. But it's really becomes the hope of having that faith in Christ that lets us go forth with it. Or, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give all you all you parents of boys out there, or it's the hope after you get through that, you're at the point where I am with my two kids who are both older now. My older son went to Texas Tech. I went to U of H. U of H is now ranked number 10 in college basketball on the AP poll. I'm just gonna throw that out there. And we were watching Texas Tech and U of H play each other on TV because we're socially isolated and texting back and forth and ribbing each other and having a good time with it when the younger son pops in with a picture of him at Lambeau Field, <laughs> you know, just to yeah. give us both a little grief. But it, it's one of those getting to that point. But our faith is that same way because it that faith that we have lets us endure through the things that we go with, by the love that we have. And that faith helps us produce the good works so that we get to that point where, like we are at this podcast, it is a labor of love, but it's a lot of fun for us, you know, to get together either in person or virtually and do the podcast because we enjoy each other and we enjoy the capability of talking about spiritual things and encouraging a each other and the men that listen to us as well, because that becomes a very big thing for us. I would agree. The, um, the four of the things that he mentions in there, uh, let's go back to what you're saying, Robert. You know, raising, your, raising a family is indeed a commitment of love. In fact, I say it's faith, love, and hope. Hope that they're really going to grow up like everybody tells you. <laughs> that you see, um, I have to I have to mention one thing back about what Bill was was talking about. Um, 
Uh, let's see. You're talking about going on the uh, uh, highway and, 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 and how you handle yourself is so important. And, and what we decide to do, we're being watched. So you don't argue for the sake of an argument. For instance, you guys know by now, and, and, and who's going to change the diaper? Who's going to, are you pushing the toothpaste out of the center of the tube or the end of the tube? You know, these things. And, the and, toilet and, paper. Which way do you right, the right. toilet That's paper? another one. Another one. Yeah, in the house. Do you really want to argue about that for which if you win it, it won't produce any good works or anything for it. So uh, going back to what Bill said was, uh, there's a couple things in the fruit of the spirit and that's simple self-control, which Robert, you said, raising children, changing diapers, Steve, you said, uh, self-control is not mentioned in this lesson. It, hope is mentioned in the lesson. That's hope that these things too shall pass. But, but uh, uh, self-control is a very important thing. And patience is the other thing that's, that's not mentioned in here, but he kind of weaves it into those with hope and labor of love. And he does say at the end where you have a joy, he said, you Thessalonians had a great joy in your persecution. So to me, that then encompasses self-control and patience too, but those are absolutely necessary. There's so many things we're not, we are, we could add on later again with the fruits of the spirit and the gifts of spirit as well. Um, Anyway, thank you, Robert uh, and Steve, for bringing those up, and Bill especially for bringing up the uh, the driving on the t on the highways around Houston. Yeah, excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our break. Uh, this is Man Up. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the man up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMACox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is podcast number 182, uh, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. And, you know, uh, another thing that I wanted to uh, bring up was uh, the spirit. And that, to me, is the energy that comes through you. And I don't know how many of you are uh, either sales types um, but my dad always had a theory because he was, this, in addition to being a farmer, he was a salesman. The people that were the hardest ones to sell, he would never give up on them. And the reason why he would never give up on them, because if he finally sold that person, the next salesman that tried to take that customer from him would have as hard of a time or a harder time to get that customer away from him as opposed with the customer that was easy to sell it will be easy for the next salesman to sell to same way you can look at it as a horse if a horse is easy to ride it will be easy for mike to ride it Robert to ride it, Steve to ride it, doesn't matter. You have a horse that is difficult to ride and you finally break it. That will, you will be the only one to ride that horse. That is spiritual. That is, that is being to me, pure in the spirit it's it's like an energy and anybody that's been on a sports team you men out there or and especially in the military understand this there's a certain cohesion that you get when you join the military and oftentimes the more difficult company commander 
or commanding officer you have, the more cohesion that you have as a group of men together and are a better fighting force. And not only do you do what you are expected to by your duty, but you will go further because you love that person next to you. And I think that is a big lesson that we need to take from this particular lesson. Well, it's it also the modeling, because Paul talks about, especially in the later verses that weren't part of the key part of this, is, is he, he lived with them and he worked with them and he stayed and there that we talked about, he stayed with Thessalonica for a while to kind of build the church up. And he does a lot of that mainly because he's trying to show them a way. And if you guys remember, you know, if you remember from school, who, who are the teachers you remember, you remember the fun teacher for sure, but you also remember the hard teacher because the hard teacher challenged you and pushed you and walked alongside you. And part of this is, is this model of mentoring that we get, which is reproducing leaders. And Paul uses that as a way to reproduce leaders within the church and the way he mentored and worked with people when he talks about that. And that's really where this triad of faith, hope, and love come from, is that ability to work in and work within the group and work within the church to grow leaders within it so that people are able to move forward. And, you know, mentorship is something that it's talked about a lot anymore, but it's not something anybody does because mentorship takes hard work and time and effort to do. It's, it's not something I can meet with you 30 minutes a week and we're going to, and I'm, I'm going to mentor you. It's more of doing things like drive-bys and stopping in and checking, hey, I'm going to work on this really hard thing right here. Th think about when your dad taught you to change a tire. You know, he didn't just, okay, go out there and change the tire. You know, usually the dad did it, had you watch. Then he said, don't do anything, but I'll tell you how to do it. The next time you do it, and I'm only going to tell you what to do if you get stuck, and the last time you just do it, and I'm going to stand there and watch it, watch you do it. Growing men in faith and growing faith within ourselves is kind of the same way. We watch how other people do it. We see it modeled. And then we have people explain it to us. And that gives us the capability to develop that faith over time by working within ourselves, but working with people to have them help us to learn how to grow in our faith. And I think that is one of the other big things that this passage hits on and talks about how do we reproduce leaders in the Christian church and men leadership within the faith community. You know, a, a good point in this is that Paul gives a shout out to how well the set the, the, the here we go again the thessalonians are modeling their faith they're serving as their the imitation of christ they're 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 modeling this christian idea he isn't he isn't they saying how well they're talking about it they're he, he's commending them to how well they're living it uh, amid and, and persecution and we don't know the degree of persecution they were getting it sounded like both uh the the, the Christians who were formerly Jews are getting a lot of heat from the, the, the Jewish leaders in, in Thessalonica. I'm sure the, the Gentiles there were getting made fun of or, you know, laughed at, um, definitely thought of as weird. Yet the word is spreading about this church group, these believers, all throughout Macedonia and the area. And Paul says it's not, it's because of the way they're behaving, the way they're conducting themselves, the way, and, and, you know, when you, and, and kind of that's maybe the final catch-all. He talks about love, faith, love, hope, endurance, joy. And then he says the finally, is finally the, the 
following Christ's example, which is something of the, the catch-all because it encompasses servanthood, integrity, uh, forgiveness, humility, all the other four evidences, external evidences that, that the author points out. That's, that's the key, again, made to, to witnessing, to, to show people how you live and behave rather than talk. Now, I'm sure if you asked a Thessalonian about you know, what was Paul teaching, he'd tell you, he or she'd tell you, but really it's, it's their reputation is spreading because of the way they're modeling Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you know, the thing about it is, and I, I come back to that, the obstacle is the way. But you can also put in it the need is the way as well. I don't have any brothers. I consider you guys my brothers. I, I don't really have, and I don't want necessarily an accountability group that I have to check in <laughs> or with it or anything like that. That's not what I need. But what I do need is spiritual encouragement and and talking about things from a different point of view than than my own narrow point of view and that's why this is so important to me and because it's important to me and i love it in my own life and that's why as we've created this podcast it's important to me and i understand it's important to other people as well because it's a need that i have and as we get farther along in life, there's more and more people that need it as well. And so it, what starts out as a duty and as it bears fruit in your own life, you almost, you create, it creates a love in you that you wanna be able to put it out there and help others that may need that kind of help or may benefit from it. Well, it, it's you're always talking about, Bill, that our story always changes. And our story grows to the point that we have to be able to tell it at different points of time. And that different points of time enables us to really share differently. And, and like we've talked about multiple times in this podcast, how different scriptures reflect differently on us as we age and as we change. And I think that's part of what growing in your faith and growing with what you're doing as a Christian comes from is being able to do that to understand, because if we don't do that, then we don't really have the capability and we get stuck. And one of the worst things you can ever do is get stuck either in your professional career or in your spiritual life or your family life, even for that matter, is not getting stuck in any one place and being able to continue to grow is a part of that. But part of the problem is if you don't have the foundation that we've been talking about here, then you don't have the capability to grow because you have to have that good, that solid foundation put in there before you're able to grow. I think Robert, if uh, Bill mentioned earlier about SoundCloud and the other, uh, the other podcasts that we've done so far, I, I don't really want to refer anybody back, but if, if you people want to see a change in our lives and it's not because we're holy, it's not anything like that at all. If you go back to our number five or 10 podcast and you come now to now, we seem to fit together a lot better. We have learned to, I think, associate with each other, share with each other, talk with each other, use the scriptures and fit together our, our conversations so that we, we try to match each other, practically speaking, and we try to fit it into the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we pray the Holy Spirit leads us. There's a big difference from our podcasts 150 times back to this day, and we've made reference to that off, off the podcast, but 
But uh, I, I think, uh, like Bill said, we, we look forward to this. It's work, but we so look forward to it. Excellent. And with that, we're coming down to the end of the podcast and just want to get uh, some final takeaways uh, from the panel and uh, start with the professor. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's about putting the three together, faith, hope, and love, and letting those three things guide you and point out the things that you need to do and I would encourage everybody as we're, we're really in this Advent season right now where we're getting ready for Christmas. You know, my family put up all our Christmas decorations this past weekend with the exception of our outside lights because discovered a minor complication with our outside lighting situation. But it's really taking the time right now, especially as we're in this season. And if you're like a lot of people, even if you're not quarantined at home, you're not going out as much. You're not doing as much. You are more home than you have been any other time. Take the time right now to sit back and really look and see where you have the opportunity to grow your faith, show love, and express hope to others as we kind of sit back in this time and get ready for Christmas, because at some point next year, if everything goes right, you know, we will go to whatever some kind of normal is going to be where we're out and about more. And so we need to take this time that we have now before that happens to kind of reground ourselves maybe. And I think Christmas and Advent time is a great time to do that. Excellent. Uh, Judge, your takeaways from this lesson. I was going to read a paragraph out of the book and cheat, but I don't think I will. (laughs) I think I'll I'll tell you this. Uh, Folks, practical takeaways. How would we look at it in our lives? The Holy Spirit, as I mentioned earlier, is invisible, but his presence is reflected in the life that we live, in the things that we do, the words that we say, um, the way we parent our children. He is very, very much that is evidence of him living in our lives. Um, it'll show up in home, home, it'll show up in work, it'll show up in social gatherings. Uh, above all, all the gifts we talk about and the things we've been talking about with the Holy Spirit, love is the most important fruit of the Spirit. Now, it does not mean we are pushovers, Bill, right? It means right. we are meek, we are totally in control of the strength of power in our lives. And we know what we're strong and what we're weak in, but exercising our, our strength at the wrong time is not always proof that we're a Christian. It's, it's knowing when to do that and when not to do that. And that's what comes in discernment. And, uh, and I said before, and Bill has said this, we've all said this, be wise when you pick your battles. Um, now folks, we don't have anything to prove. We don't have to th- prove anything to anyone. We love the Lord. We this, this is a Christian broadcast, and we believe in the Word of God, and we believe the Bible. Now, one thing we must do, and, and, and going back to the lesson for a moment, we must do good works. But the point here is, is you're going to want to do the good works, faith, hope, and love. You're going to want to do them because you love the other person in the family. Like Bill said, or one of the guys said earlier, if, if you have a, a baby and that baby's crying and screaming and, and you have the, the right to say, okay, honey, it's your turn to get up and change the diaper. You don't do that. You say, you know what? I love you. I'm going to get up and go do it. You do it by choice. So you do it because you love. Anyway, uh, one final thing, I think Steve or somebody mentioned this uh, from, from James, and it's simply, um, James says, he's telling, the, 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 uh, telling us through his letter, he's saying that if, you, uh, if a person needs a coat or if he needs food, and you say to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but you don't do anything about his physical needs, what good are you? It's the same way with faith by itself. If it's not accompanied by works, faith is dead. So you will find works attached to our faith if we are alive. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch. 
Well, I do want to punctuate what Robert is saying here. Also, Mike, we are about hope. We are headed into a very uh, stripped down holiday season. And we, we just got through Thanksgiving and we got a taste of that. The, 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 you know, we didn't get together with families or, or we were very judicious about doing that. Um, the same thing is going to happen with Christmas, but it's also an opportunity really to get to the core of what it's all about. I, 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 if, if I want to get a little you know, frivolous, I can say how the Grinch stole Christmas. You can take everything away about you know, the trappings of Christmas, the, the lights, the Christmas tree, the presents, the, the eating, but you still come down to the fact that this is about the birth of Christ, the birth of our Savior, and you can't, you can't take that away. That's the core of the holiday. And maybe it's a chance to think about that, that it's not about, you know, you have, like, we, you have lasagna every Christmas and we have everybody together. That's, that's not the meaning of the holiday. That's a way you celebrated it. Um, the, uh, whatever your traditions are, they are not the holiday. Uh, I, it, you, you certainly feel sad that you're not able to do that, but Christmas isn't being taken away. And I, I saw that headline a few weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, uh, you know, will, will COVID-19 cancel Christmas? No. No. <laughs> no <laughs> Flat out, no, period. Nonetheless, it is a chance to to think about things a little more beyond uh, kind of what you've been doing by rote for years and years. And there's there's an it, it may be very bittersweet. I'm not saying that, but it could. But the bitter and the sweet, it's not it's not the you know, it's not some kind of disaster or some kind of horrible thing. Uh, it's just. It's still Christmas. Excellent. It with that, uh, excellent uh, discussion, fellas. Uh, the only thing that I would uh, want to add is that remember, uh, fellas, duty will take you one mile, and typically exactly one mile. Love will take you an extra mile, and may not even end there may even go further. Uh, a, life, a life of faith is a marathon. And I want to encourage you in this life of faith, uh, your journey to enjoy the marathon. And so on behalf of uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox. And we are on this uh, No Church Answers tour, Man Up Spiritual Oasis. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pray.com. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. Uh, and if you're still in quarantine and are unable to attend a church service, please check out our Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's a Baptist service on slbc.org and it starts Sundays at 9:45 a.m. and when the quarantine is over we encourage each and every one of you to join a local bible-based church why local so you'll go and find a small group abf adult bible fellowship or a sunday school class that you can join for discussions like this and find one that is men only and if there is one start one this is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.